Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello, this is Danny Pellegrino, host of the Everything Iconic podcast, and I'm here to tell you all about Splash Refresher, because hydration is mandatory, but boring is not. Now, I love my water, but if I don't spice it up, I'm not going to finish what I took out of the fridge. That's why I love my Splash Refresher, which is flavorful, delicious, bright, hydrating, and zero calories. The wild berry flavor is my fave. No, wait. Is the pineapple mango flavor my fave? You know what? All five craveable Splash Refresher flavors are my fave because they're so delicious. So get hydrated and enjoy it with Splash Refresher. This episode of the Eurotrip is proudly sponsored by Six on Stage, your online guide to everyone who has ever taken part in the Eurovision Song Contest. With over 10,000 entries, including performers, conductors, hosts, songwriters, spokespeople and jury members, Six on Stage is your definitive guide to the people on and behind the Eurovision stage. Whether you're trying to find out how many countries Thomas Jason has written Eurovision entries for, or desperate to know how many of Sweden's winning backing singers from 1999 did the same job for Malta in 2000, Six on Stage is the best place to look. And the best, best part of this all is it's free. So next time you're watching the 2006 contest and wondering if that's a singer from A Song for Europe 2003 as one of Daz Sampson's schoolgirls, head to sixonstage.com and find out. And yes, yes it is. As Jonal Lassand always said, take it away. For me, Eurovision is much more than just a job. It's part of me. Giannis, let me say, we were your first ever Eurovision interview way back in January. <laughs> I remember! <laughs> so Gisli Baltarsson, Iceland's commentator, welcome to the Eurotrip. Thank you very much and thank you for the Eurotrip. I've been listening to you. Being face to face, yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> I was going to say, your beautiful face. <laughs> I was like, but it is cute. beautiful as well, though. We were talking on the phone. Yes. Do you want to have a hug? Yes, please. Yeah, that would be great. Cornelia Jacobs, congratulations. Thank you. Give me a hug. Hi there. My name is Martin Ostadol. I am the executive supervisor of the Eurovision Song Contest. You are listening to Eurotrip. Hello and welcome to the Eurotrip, the world's favourite Eurovision podcast with me, James. Me, Rob. And this week, we're going to be chatting to some more of the artists hoping to represent their countries at this year's Eurovision Song Contest and reflecting on everything that happened in Italy at San Remo at the weekend. Yeah, not just Italy, of course. We will talk about the very, 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 very busy Super Saturday, of course, that we saw over the weekend. But probably the crown jewel of everything that happened on Super Saturday was San Remo. Marco Mengoni is returning to the Eurovision Song Contest 10 years after he last represented Italy. So I'll be crossing there, kinda, 
ish, roundabouts. I'll actually be speaking to an Italian in Belgium, but that's not the point. Claudio <laughs> Sartorelli, we've heard from him on the podcast before. He's from Eurovision IN, an Italian Eurovision news website. So he'll be telling us everything we need to know about Marco's entry for Eurovision this year and how it might be changing very soon. Mm, very exciting. Stay tuned for that. Uh, I've been chatting to a band from Finland. It's Portion Boys, who are one of the seven acts who are going to be taking part in UMK next weekend. So around 10 days to go until you'll see that one on your screen. A very interesting band, very peculiar. Love chatting to them. We'll be finding out all about them and their knowledge about Kimi Raikkonen, Formula One world champion. We have spoken before about this. There is some weird F1 Eurovision crossover. It's quite a big crossover that you'd never expect to exist. But very excited that Kimmy's going to come up on the podcast this week. <laughs> uh, and also, one more chat to bring you this week is somebody from Melody Festival. And yes, Melfest Monday has spilled over into the Wednesday episode as we'll be chatting to the frontman of Casanovas. And there is a very particular reason why Melfest Monday has spilt over to this week's episode, and it's mainly to do with the brilliant Swedish pronunciation of Casanovas. You're listening on Acast and Apple Podcasts and Spotify. This is the Eurotrip. So as you can tell, we've got a whole host of stuff to bring you this week, so we should really dive straight into it. Uh, Rob, I should quickly check, though, have you managed to catch your breath from the weekend? Nine shows on Super Saturday. Have you, have you recovered? Just about. I said on last week's episode that I would be watching Super Saturday with a hangover, which is exactly what I was doing. I was also watching Super Saturday with some leftover eyeliner and black nail varnish on my nails because I'd attended a, this is a fun combination, Taylor Swift emo night the Friday (laughs) before. So yeah, it was a lot of fun. I was very worse for wear. I got through a whole tube of Pringles and a Thai takeaway during Super Saturday. But yeah, there's a lot to digest. I know you're going to try and do it in the news shortly. Good luck with that. Yeah, I I tell you, ever since you had your makeup done for the first time in the Czech Republic a couple of weeks ago, you're going all out on the makeup nowadays. You've taken a real likeness to it. I genuinely was having a long conversation with a friend the other day about how I think it should be normalised for men to wear foundation because foundation makes everybody look better. (laughs) yeah busy weekend for super saturday but for you a busy last few days generally where were you on monday night yeah so monday night i was at a very fun event here in london it was a panel discussion the panel discussion was entitled how to win the eurovision song contest which is intriguing and it was hosted by friend of the podcast host of the official eurovision podcast the lovely steve holden who we need to get back on the podcast by the way it'd be lovely to to hear from steve and get him back on but anyway it was hosted by steve also on the panel paddy o'connell from the contest of me gone by of course former uk eurovision commentator still does loads of eurovision bits for the bbc suri represented the uk in 2018 she was a lot of fun she also did a couple of covers on monday night she did sam rider's spaceman on the piano which was lovely and she also did cornelia jacobs hold me closer which was very good and also chris west who's an author of i think my favorite eurovision book of all time he was on the panel as well so it was nice to catch up with steve also caught up with scott bryan who you will have heard from this podcast talking about eurovision in the past before tv critic you'll have seen him on social and also james lovely to catch up with a couple of listeners special shout out to Becky and Chris, both of which were at this panel event that I was at on Monday night, who then spoke to me and said, hello, we love the podcast. So genuinely lovely to uh, to, to see some listeners out in the wild, James. 
<laughs> is, that, is that our call out for next week? Have you ever met another Eurotrip listener in the wild? <laughs> <laughs> that is a good one. Have you ever met another Eurotrip listener in the wild? Or an even creepier one, have you seen me or James in the wild and not introduced yourself? <laughs> Which is another fun one. You've said already, we've got so much to fit into today's episode, but I do want to reflect on last week's episode before we get into everything we're doing this week, because, James, one of my favourite things we've done, Eurovision songs at weddings. So, if you'll humour me, and everybody listening, please be upstanding for the next little while. This is like a warm-up for me. Those of you that don't know, I'm getting married later in the year, and now hearing this music is, is slightly intense. Like, this is putting me on edge a little bit. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, hopefully this is some inspiration for you. You can, uh, instead, you can walk down the aisle to Valari or something instead. <laughs> maybe, maybe that'd be really good, wouldn't it? That would be good. James, we have had loads of interaction on this. So these are times you've heard a Eurovision song at a wedding. The more unexpected, the better. So I think we can go through all of these. If you're ready, we'll go from the top. You can do the first one and we'll go all the way through to the bottom. Go for it. Wonderful. Yeah, let me start for Fran on Twitter. We're at Eurotrip Podcast, by the way. Make sure you uh, follow us there and get in touch. Uh, Fran said, one of my high school best friends had their first dance to undo. Afterwards, I told her that this was Sweden's entry in the year she and her now husband got together, which made the choice even more special. That tweet was even funnier when it came in because I misread it and thought that she said that her high school best friends had their first dance to Uno instead of undo. <laughs> Which would have been, been tremendous. Uh, Liv got in touch. She said, gonna flog Zitti Ebwoni at my wedding one day. The groom doesn't need to know. That would be fun. <laughs> uh, let me be the one. Uh, let's say the obvious. He says, UK 1968, Cliff, with congratulations. Yeah, an oldie bit of goodie. Uh, Rosie said, a friend got Think About Things on her band's wedding set, knowing that me and another Eurovision fan would be there. It was delightful in every way. Yuval uh, got in touch as well and said, Saldi, Toy, Golden Boy, Fuego and Euphoria. That must have been a Eurovision fans wedding. There's no way those five would have come up without them being Eurovision fans. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I'm going to be able to get any of those under the radar. No, maybe Euphoria for my wedding, but yeah, any of the others, maybe Fuego, but Golden <laughs> Boy, probably unlikely. Uh, Scotty, Polly Genova, if love was a crime. And then he said, indulgently, that was at my wedding. Tricky to do the iconic robot chicken dance in five-inch high heels and two bottles of wine in. Yeah, I imagine it was. Yeah, I bet. Uh, Laura as well, thanks for getting in touch. Uh, Laura said, I had Twist of Love on my playlist at my wedding as it was something of a running joke among my university friends. Uh, I also imagine Spaceman is featured a lot on wedding DJ sets now. Yeah, I bet it is. Yeah, Matteo got in touch as well. You better went wild last year when Shum came on randomly at my friend's wedding. I bet that was quite something. Only about four of us knew what was going on, including the bride, and we were feral. Feral? What a, what a word choice that is. Uh, Kyriakos as well said, oh, this one as well. Uh, once heard Volare at an Italian wedding, so not surprising really. There you go, there's some precedent, Rob. You, you can have it as well. Yeah, maybe, maybe. I do like the idea of it. Thank you to all of you that got in touch as well on Insta as well, by the way. I know loads of you got in touch there as well. Last one for now, though. James got in touch. He said, as a DJ, I've done several gay weddings where I've been asked to play Eurovision songs once the grooms have found out my dark secret. I've also played Making Your Mind Up at loads of receptions. So, James, you were right. There it is. I told you. 
Yeah, all right, fair enough. But several brides over the years have walked down the aisle to de ten. Love that. And he also adds, by the way, this isn't about uh, Eurovision songs at weddings. P.S. Got the one second song too. <laughs> oh, very good. Yeah, one second song coming up at the end of today's episode. Thanks to all of you who got in touch with us. We love it when you get in touch. Let us know uh, what you think about the podcast. We always love to ask you questions over on socials as well. So uh, make sure you follow us at Eurotrip Podcast on Twitter, Instagram, uh, and TikTok. Loads of behind-the-scenes footage from when we're doing our interviews as well on, on TikTok. So make sure you go and follow us there. Uh, hello at EurotripPodcast.com on the email. And you can read all of our exclusive stories on EurotripPodcast.com. like we can get out of our wedding vest now and sort of relax for the rest of the episode we'll change into our slacks before we listen to all of these interviews we've got to bring you between now and the end of the show relax i've, I've got the news to bring you after what a hectic weekend i'm not relaxing anytime soon yeah that's a good point i am now going to sit back and relax and enjoy you attempt to summarize everything that happened between now and last week's podcast succinctly as possible which is significantly easier to say than do yeah, wish me luck. Uh, we've got seven more acts for the contest this year. They are Alika for Estonia, Riley for Denmark, Sudden Light for Latvia, Theodore Andre for Romania, Let Three for Croatia, The Busker for Malta, and Marco Mengoni for Italy. Uh, there's still loads more to come. I promise you that isn't it. Uh, there are question marks, by the way, around Marco Mengoni, with rumours suggesting that he might drop his solo ballad for a different song altogether. But I have it on good authority that Rob has more on that a little bit later. Malta's The Busker, on the other hand, have said there will be minimal changes to their song. And after some speculation, Romania's Theodore has confirmed his song will remain in both English and Romanian. If you were watching Dansk Melody Grand Prix in Denmark, wondering why the stream cut off at 9pm, uh, well, it's because the show was delayed due to the voting app crashing. Uh, the broadcaster DR said there were, and I quote, simply too many people voting at once, but the result has not been affected by the problems. Uh, a couple more results as well for, from the weekend. Heat number two of Melfis saw Maria Sir and Panatos progress to the final with Tails and Tennessee Tears qualifying to the semi-final. All the reaction from that, of course, is on this week's episode of Melfest Monday. And in Lithuania, the second semi-final of their national selection saw five more artists qualify to the final, which takes place this coming weekend. Ten artists overall will be competing for victory over there. In Azerbaijan, their song for 2023 will be produced in the country for the first time since 2008, so 15 years since that last happened. At the moment, there are still five artists in contention. Of course, 2011 winner Eldar Gasimov is part of the delegation this year, supporting the process and choosing the song and artist. Uh, we've got three national selections on TV this coming weekend. The third Melfest heat in Liedshoping, the first semi-final of Iceland's song Verkepnen, and the final of Lithuania. And then on Sunday, we will hear Lazara's song for France for the very first time. And finally, after a few days of silence after the results last week, 
Vesna were officially announced as the Czech Republic's choice for Eurovision 2023. Then, a matter of hours later, we got the news that the Czech Republic is no more. Instead, the country will compete under the name of Czechia going forwards. It sounded quite sinister when you said the Czech Republic is no more. <laughs> yeah, it did. I, you know what I mean. We know what you mean. So yeah, Czechia now at the Eurovision Song Contest. People have been hoping for a new country at Eurovision for a long time. <laughs> yeah, does this count? I'm not sure. Kind of got it. I don't know. Anyway, really well done. Great job there. I'm going to go back to something you said at the very start, which of course was you mentioning San Remo. You said you had it on good authority that I have the latest news on what is going to be happening with Marco Mengoni and his song at Eurovision. You are not mistaken because I've been hooking up with... Does that sound suggestive? That's not the right phrase. Not at all, Rob. You don't mean that at all. <laughs> okay. How do you know I don't mean that? <laughs> catching up with. What you meant. Catching up with is better. I've been catching up with a friend of the podcast, Claudio Sartarelli, from the Italian Eurovision news website, Eurovision IN. We spoke to him loads in the run-up to the contest in Turin last year. So naturally, he has been watching San Remo, but also he's got his ear to the ground. He knows what's going on when it comes to the Italian music scene. Despite living in Brussels, as we get to later on. But anyway, he knows everything that's going on. And as James alluded to, it sounds like the song that Marco won San Remo with may not be the one that he goes to Eurovision with. So I'll be asking about that. But I kicked off by asking Claudio what he made of the competition this year. Well, I would say that it's it has been one of the most successful San Remo in the last probably 20 years or so. Even more, I would say even 30 years. Because viewing rates, they were not as good as this one since 95. And we are talking about an average of 10 to 12 million viewers per night, uh, with the final night around 66% viewers. So it's smashing numbers. Uh, the national TV, obviously, is super happy about that. Uh, in terms of content itself, so in terms of uh, contestants, uh, there was a big shift again towards more... Uh, what I would say, um, contemporary uh, artists. So we normally see those old glories popping up every year. This year, there was no one, at least in the contest. They were just invited as guests. But it was pretty much looking at a very specific target. And let's say it's the music industry who said, we want teenagers up to people in their 40s because those are the consumers. So that was extremely perfectly done by the uh, host and also executive director of the of the Salimo Festival. Claudia, what has the reaction been to Marco's victory? Are, are people pleased that he's won the competition this year? I would say not surprised. <laughs> I mean, let's say the format of the contest uh, when it was presented and when the cast was announced, they were matching perfectly meaning that we knew already in December that the victory was going to be, well, unless something would have happened, would have been directly awarded to Marco Mangoni. Supporters, fans of Mangoni themselves, are not maybe pleased by the fact that this is not one of his best entry ever. I mean, not in Sanremo, but in general, one of his best songs. Uh, is a very traditional classic Sanremo tune uh, with the orchestra, with the Italian melody, but it seems like, yeah, we've seen that again. So what's new? And that's kind of the feeling that is keep going on. But be aware, he might not be taking this song to Eurovision. 
But this, this is what I wanted to talk to you about next, because I have seen rumours, as you said, circulating online, that Marco might change his song for Eurovision. Do we think that's likely to happen? From what you've just said there, it sounds like sounds like it, it, it could do and it might do because of potentially the negative reaction we've seen and, and how Italy may or may not do in Eurovision this year. I would say that the reaction on social media has an impact on his choice, but I would say that probably it's mostly his plans in terms of musical career. Meaning that he has been to Eurovision already 10 years ago. Well, there was already, I would say, really a long, long time ago in, in Eurovision history. So things have evolved and has changed. And I would say the example of Moneskin leads as an example for many singers now in Italy. They realize that if you perform well at Eurovision, you can make a career out of your country. So with that in mind, he probably went back to his record company already in December when he felt like, yeah, I'm going to Sanremo and I'm probably going to win, having multiple plans and try to see the reaction of audience, but also keeping in mind that the Sanremo winning song it's 3 minutes 46. So you really need to chop one-fourth of that song. So that might be an option. And maybe that three minutes added already exists. We're just not aware of it. But he might have something else cooking because he is about to release another new album. So maybe in that album, there's something that fits the most. Now, I should add something else. Because in his winning speech... Uh, he mentioned that he was pretty much upset that no woman was in the top five. And that also gave us a hint that he might even figure out, I'll do Eurovision as a duet. Claudio, before we say goodbye, I have to ask you, because this is something we spoke about on the podcast last week. What is it about San Remo that gets people watching every year? What can you say to me to persuade me that 2024 is the year that I try watching San Romo for the very first time. It really shows what is Italy now in terms of performances, in terms of uh, guests appearing on stage. You really have an idea of what's the Italian society now. And counting on the fact that so many people are watching it, you really feel part of a nation somehow. I mean, I'm, I'm living abroad. I mean, you, you might not know that you're listening, but I'm living in Belgium since a few years. And still, it's something that me and many other Italians abroad are watching, no matter what, because everyone, literally everyone in Italy and abroad is talking about Sanremo for that whole week. But you've persuaded me. 2024, here <laughs> I give it a go for the first time. Claudio, thank you so much. Maybe we'll catch up again if any of the news that you've talked about happens. Maybe Marco changes his song. Maybe he goes with a duet. Who knows what's going to happen? But thank you so much for joining us again on the Euro trip. Really appreciate it. Thank you. And well, talk to you soon. I've promised Claudia now, so I guess guess I'm going to have to be there. But yeah, huge thanks to Claudia for joining us on this week's episode. Like what you're hearing? Make sure to leave us a review and a rating whenever you're listening. So we are done with Super Saturday. We have reflected. We've gotten you up to speed. It is now time for us to look ahead to the next few weeks. We've still got a few more shows left to come your way. Uh, still, what, about 20 songs, 21 songs to be chosen for Eurovision this year? So there's still a lot more to come. Yeah, someone in the office earlier at work asked me, so have we got the winner then? What do you think of this year's songs? I was like, what do you mean, what do I think of this year's songs? We haven't got half of them yet. 
<laughs> yeah, still a lot more to happen between now and mid-March when the deadline is for songs to be submitted. Um, I'm going to take us to Sweden, which may sound peculiar on your main episode of the Eurotrip because, of course, we've got Melfest Monday, your bonus episode every single week where we focus in on Melody Festivalen. Now, if you don't listen to that, one of our favourite things to do each week is get our special guest to run us through the runners and riders for the up coming heat and it always sounds delightful in a Swedish accent. Uh, this week we had on the podcast Stina Dahlgren from Aftonbladet and this is what happened when we asked her to do it this week for us. Uh, we want to hear the running order for the heat this coming Saturday so can we have the artists and the songs in order please. Is this also because you want the pronunciation right? <laughs> we, we, honestly yeah it's only because yeah. we love to hear the Swedish pronunciation this is the only reason we do it. <laughs> Okay, then I'm going to say it really, really Swedish. <laughs> uh, first out is Paul Ray with the song Royals. Then we have the dance band Casanovas uh, with the song So Kommer Känslorna Tillbaka. Then we have Melanie. Uh, James, I don't know if, if it's the same for you, but Casanovas, definitely my favorite Swedish pronunciation there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Steve, Casanovas. Was... Oh, so good. Thank you for doing it again. That was tremendous. <laughs> Thank you for doing that for us. So, yeah, as you can hear, we loved the sound of Casanovas in Stina's lovely Swedish accent. And it got me thinking, I'd love to chat to them. I'd love to get them on the podcast. I know it was a, it was a tight deadline, but I thought, let's try and get them on. So I got in touch and they said yes. Henrik Sesson, who is the frontman of the band, was free and available a couple of days ago on Monday lunchtime. So I managed to catch up to find out a bit more about the band, a bit more about him and about their hopes and ambitions for Melfest this year. Uh, you may be new to the name of Casanovas, but you will be familiar with some of Henrik's song writing in Melfest and the Eurovision Song Contest, which we will touch on. But this is what happened when I caught up with him a little bit earlier this week. Henrik, welcome to the Eurotrip. It's great to have you here. Thank you. Nice to be there. It's great to have you along. Uh, it's great to chat. Uh, we want to know a little bit more about you, uh, Casanovas, which I know doesn't sound as good in my accent as it probably does for you. So can you say Casanovas for us? Because it'll sound much better coming from you. In Swedish, we pronounce it Casanovas. Oh, it sounds so much better. And it's almost the same. <laughs> uh, the band, you guys started back in 1989, but you, you didn't join until until 2006. Is that right? That is right. But I have a backstory because I was working on the record company that actually signed uh, the band in 1998 when they won the, well, like the the Swedish Championships of Dance Band. I was there then as uh, as a record company worker, and um, so I signed them actually, and that was my first gig as a dance brand producer. So it's all because of you anyway. Even though you weren't part of the band, you were part of the success. <laughs> you can thank me, guys. You can thank me. <laughs> no, but they, they have their, of course, their own um, their own success. But but it's fun to, to have been part of these bands for so long. Absolutely. It's funny you mentioned sort of the, the late 90s and then we go into the early noughties because although this is your first time competing on stage in Melody Festivalen, You've been there as a songwriter before, way back in, in 2001. You'll have to remind us what song that was, because you did pretty well that year, didn't you? Yeah, and it, it was so funny because as a songwriter, it was my first year where I really sent in songs. 
So I sent in two songs, and then in Sweden we only have 10 songs in the finals. So I got through two songs in the finals, and I actually won with Lysla Terijetta, or Listen to Your Heartbeat, as it was called in English, with the group Friends. Which is a song we're, we're hearing so much in Melfest recently, over the last couple of years, because they play that every show when they reopen the vote. Have you heard that? You must get like a tingly feeling every time they play that in the show. Yeah, the SMS uh, runs through the phone and they always write, okay, now you've got some, some money going for you again when they play <laughs> your song on the national TV. So that was, what, 22 years ago that you wrote a song for Melfest. You ended up winning, of course, with that song. What inspired you to come back this year as an artist, yourself and, and the rest of the band, of course? What was, what was the motivation to go, you know what, we want to do this as a band? Well, I guess it was when we did another big uh, TV show in, in Sweden called Alls song for Skansen, which is, you know, a sing-along show outside in the summer in lovely Stockholm. And this was last year? Yeah, we did a, lot, a great song there. And actually, the the guys behind Melody Festival and kind of asked us, you should write songs kind of in this feeling, and then you should send it in because we really want to have this kind of songs in the Melody Festival and next year. And so we did. And how did that feel then, to, to be asked? You know, it's such a prestigious competition. It's Sweden's biggest songwriters. It's Sweden's biggest artists. So then for SVT to come to you and say, look, we want Casanovas in next year. How did that feel? Yeah, it's crazy because, as you said, I've been actually turning down songs, singing them myself through all the years. Not from not from SVT, but, you know, from discussing with my, my friends I wrote the songs with and I, you know, you sing this so well, why don't you do it yourself? And I said, no, but I'm not a, I'm not an artist in that way. I'm a performing dance band artist in, in Sweden, and that's fine with me. But now, I think also after the pandemic, it feels like our type of music has gotten more understanding in Stockholm, and, and because dance band is music for countryside, more or less, you can say. In Stockholm, it's not always that popular, or, you know, it's not fine enough, so you can say. But now with Arvinga, a great success in the Melody Festival and during some 20 years. So I felt actually like, well, this could actually work. Why not? How much can you tell us about the song? We, we always know you've got to be very secretive. There's always tight rules yeah. with Melody Festival. And, but what's the story behind the song? Can you tell us that at least? Yeah, I, it's written with uh, Mike Gil Carlson, the same guy who wrote uh, I Do, I Do to Arvinga now. And he, he and me are started co-working together f- well, like two years ago and have been doing some great songs, uh, which we will see later on this year, I guess. I can't speak with so much about that now, but um, the song is up-tempo. It's typical Casanovas. And the, and the fun thing is, I call it, you know, like uh, in Swedish, we call it Glädjepiller. And it's it's a song, you you know, you you like it. And if you like the old... Melody Festival slogger, then you're gonna really love this. But then the lyrics isn't that happy. So it's a it's a mishmash with uh you know, the song is about every every time you leave you, you leave the love that you want but you can't have. It's it's gonna be great for, for international viewers then, because for a lot of people who don't speak Swedish, they'll have no idea what you're singing about and it just sounds like a really happy song. <laughs> Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. 
You know, I, I was trying to figure out what sort of style Casanovas w- would bring to Melfest. You know, for, for a lot of us outside of Sweden, we won't necessarily know the Casanovas back catalogue. But does it sound rude? I hope, th- I hope this doesn't sound rude. If we compare you to Arvingana, who you mentioned before, is that, is that a fair comparison? Is that the sort of same style of, of music that you're going to be bringing? Yeah, I think, you know, in Sweden, we would not maybe compare the two of us <laughs> because we are not so alike but for foreign people i might think that you know you will get a feel that it's in the in the same kind of costume as i like to call it you can also add in some linda Bengtsing stuff from before and you can also add in some stuff from the casanovas before so so it's you know it has this vibe from the 70s in in the in the song but also modern so well if you liked arving then i think you're gonna like us so much i can say perfect it's going to be right at my street then i can tell you that for sure yeah perfect <laughs> uh, does it feel real now that you're going to be taking part in melfest this coming weekend you know you mentioned before we were recording that you you've been up early you've been on television is it starting to sink in now that it's really happening yeah it's going and i think even more tomorrow when we're going to do our final final rehearsals in stockholm and then we're actually leaving for lead shopping and when you get to the hotel, you see the arena. Of course, you uh, you gotta get some some buzzers in the, in your stomach, I guess. <laughs> what's the goal? What's the what's the ambition this year? You know, is it? Are you going there to win? Are you going there to just showcase Casanova and your music? You know, what's the what's the big goal for for Melfest this year? It's always difficult to to compete, of course, but. Our goal is, and it's it's a boring answer there, I, I know, but <laughs> of course it is to promote Casanovas for a bigger audience and also to get, you know, outside Sweden and, and talk to guys like you. And well, we are saying like this, we want to do the best we can do. We have a good good stage performance. We know that. We're going we're gonna to look amazing oh, and I we're going to try <laughs> the best we can to sing on top of our skills. Then we will have to see how far it will lead us. You know, we we can't we can't be disappointed if we if we are if we are in seventh place. Then so be it. At least we have done what we can. We have we have really pre- prepared ourselves to do the best performance we can do on Saturday. Oh, absolutely! I uh, wish you the very best of luck, Enrique. It's been great to chat. Have fun on Saturday night, and and thanks again for stopping by for a chat. Thank you very much. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. You're listening to The Eurotrip, your favorite Eurovision podcast. When you aren't listening, find us on social media. 
at Eurotour Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. Warming you up for the Eurovision Song Contest. So there we have it, the first of two hopefuls for Eurovision 2023 that you're going to hear on this episode of the Euro trip. James will be catching up with the Portion Boys from Finland very, very shortly, but loved having Henrik on the podcast. And James, I think it's safe to say that both me and you will be big fans of that song. We're saying this having not heard the song, but everything he was saying there, I'm very excited about it. It sounds like it's going to be Arving and, and Linda Bengtsing mashed together. I mean, if that's not up your street, then I don't know what is. If that's not up your street, I don't want to go down that street, let me tell you. <laughs> Very quickly, before we hear your chat with the Portion Boys who are in UMK, I'm going to bring you an email that we got from Riley, who got in touch. Hello at com. the email that we always give out. So please do feel free to get in touch. Do you remember last week we also asked, has a artist ever represented two different countries at the Eurovision Song Contest. Do you remember that? Yeah, and we were pushed for time. And (laughs) I feel like we probably could have come up with this answer ourselves. But thank you so much for getting in touch. I presume we've got an answer. Yeah, this is because we ended up mentioning the Bosnian and Croatian group Feminem during the one second song at the end of the episode. So Feminem represented Bosnia, I think in 2005, and then Croatia in 2010. Anyway, so we asked, has anyone else ever done it? And we said, can't think of anyone. Well, Riley got in touch and said, Big fan of the show from the States. Love an international listener. You asked if other Eurovision contestants have represented two different countries. Of course, James, a really obvious answer that neither me nor you remembered. The iconic Anne-Marie David represented both Luxembourg and France. Of course, she won for Luxembourg in 73. She finished third for France in 79. Uh, And then he goes on to say her song, Je suis l'enfant solaire. That's not how you say it, is it? Is one of my all-time favourites. And then he goes on to finish. She is a dead ringer for 60s, 70s, and quite frankly, 80s, Cher. You know, here's a weird one. I wouldn't know Cher if she'd come and knocked on my door, actually. You would, you would. This is not linked whatsoever, but I'm going to bring this up on the podcast now. When me and James were in Prague, and the only connection to what you've just said is, I can't believe some of the things that come out of your mouth sometimes that you've never done. <laughs> when we were in Prague, of course, for ESCZ, there were some mulled wine stands. And James said, I've never had a mulled wine. Which I think is a perfectly reasonable thing to say. I, I can guarantee How you is that a perfectly reasonable thing to say? You've been on this earth for upwards of 26 years? Around about that, yeah. <laughs> How have ga- you got this far without ever having a mulled wine? I can guarantee you there's some other people listening who are around my age or older who will say that you've never had it as well. I can guarantee you. Fascinating. Genuinely, you never fail to fascinate me. <laughs> um, let me take you on a journey to Finland. Are you okay with that? Yeah, I mean, need a mild wine, arguably. Be chilly. <laughs> Let's do it then, because UMK, which is the Finnish national selection for Eurovision, is taking place a week on Saturday. There's going to be seven artists taking to the stage in that show. One of them is the Portion Boys, which is a, a delightful sounding name, with their song, Sama Taivasta Katsutan, which is a delicious mouthful of vowels and consonants, isn't it? <laughs> it also sounds like it would be a really spicy soup or something. <laughs> uh, which is a great song. I really, really do enjoy it. And I thought it would be great to get them on the pod to get to know them a little bit 
more. Uh, they've been a band for the last 10 years or so. AP, who is the lead singer, only joined a couple of years ago, but as a band, they've been around for a decade now. They've had some chart-topping releases in their homeland of Finland and also released a song with the Teflon Brothers, who, if you're a fan of UMK, you will remember their name from taking part in the competition a couple of years ago. Uh, but let's get to it, shall we? This is what happened when I caught up with the Portion Boys earlier this week. We've got the Portion Boys on the Eurotrip. It's great to have you all on the podcast, all five of you. Um, shall we start with the whole idea that you guys are going to be in UMK this year? You are one of the seven artists. Uh, you know, when you hear me say that, how does that feel? Well, at this moment, it kind of doesn't feel like anything anymore. It's, it's been like this whole bubble of things and so much things to, to do and, and to focus on. Uh, it's just been like a very, very like stress uh, i could also say stressful right at, at this moment that it kind of has lost its meaning <laughs> but uh, when we found find out uh we were so excited yeah and yeah that was that, a different time that was a, yes very big deal for uh for us how quickly did it go from real excitement to then oh my god this the stress <laughs> and all that sort of thing how quickly did those emotions change it, it took time. It, it yeah. was it, definitely lots of excitement at the beginning. And of, of course, we're still excited. And yeah. we want to always like hang, hang on to the positive feelings as well. And imagine that uh, there are only 11 days. Yeah, and we have so much going on right now. We actually call the cruise kick uh, day after tomorrow. And then we have um, one Kala. We uh, are performing there. So we have a lot of going on and uh, then we want to concentrate on the UMK final. Yesterday we had a, a meeting uh, where we went through the whole final week of the UMK. And that was the point where I personally felt that, holy cow, this is really <laughs> yeah. happening. Yeah. <laughs> So so whose idea was this in the first place then? Where did the idea come from that you guys wanted to, to submit a song uh, for UMK? Where did the idea come from? Uh, it, it, it was like a few years ago, we made a, one another song, but then it felt that uh, the timing was not right yet for us. So uh, in the beginning of the last year, we composed one song with no lyrics yet. And then there was something in the melodies that felt that this might be a very good song that we can try to go to the UMK. And then we got the, the whole package done. And it was like very, a lot of luck also that we, we felt that this could be the song for the UMK and then suddenly we are in the UMK. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so it's all happened really quickly then, you know, since coming up with idea and, and getting through the process. You've got to tell us a bit about the song, you know, for, for us international uh, speakers who, who don't speak a word of Finnish, you know, we hear the song, it sounds really fun and upbeat. But then when we look at the lyrics, it's sort of, I, I don't know, I was going to say it's sort of about accepting just who you are, no matter who you are. Is that sort of the message of the song? Yes. yes. And that's the underlying point of our music in general also, and also our live shows. It's just kind of like an embodiment of what we want to come across, how we want to come across as a band. And, yes. that's, and of course, we want to give huge thanks to everyone who has give, made reaction videos and all kinds of stuff yeah. to YouTube. 
and the British people and international people have like gotten the message through. They they've understood it correctly, which makes us very happy. And that's the message that we are all uh, equal Im- important persons, and uh, we all look at the same sky. So it's like a, like it, a connecting connecting everybody in the world. Now, which one of you? is the big Kimi Raikkonen fan? Because we've got to pick that up about the lyrics. Who decided to put that in there? I think we all yeah. respect Kimi so much. I think all Finnish people respect Kimi, so... He's an icon. Yeah. Legend. And that was the reason to put the Kimi inside of the song, because we wa- wanted to, like, describe the nature of the Finnish people. Humble and not so say so much things and like a few words, like Kimi Raikkonen. So it's, it's very, <laughs> he, he is not so talkative. Like an Iceman. Let me do a very quick, quick fire quiz about Kimi Raikkonen and see how many of these questions you can get right. Let's see how well you know him. In which year did he win the Formula One World Championship? 2005. Let's say 2005. Oh, you're close. It was 2007. Damn, I'm sorry, my mistake. No, no problem. Okay, let's try an easier one. Which team did he drive for when he won the championship? Uh, Ferrari. 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 Perfect. Yeah. I think you've already said this one. What is his nickname? Iceman. Iceman. An yeah. easy one. Such an easy one. And finally, maybe a difficult one, but there was a race in 2012 when his race engineer kept talking and talking and talking to him and he said something to shut him up. Do you remember what he said? Leave me alone, I know what I'm doing. There it is, there you go. <laughs> Let's chat a bit more about you guys. And what would it mean for, for you uh, as a band? You know, you've been going for around 10 years or so now. You've, you've achieved so much in that time. But what would it mean for you guys to win UMK and, and take the, the Portion Boys to the Eurovision Song Contest? Well, I, I, I guess it derives also from the from the meaning of the song that it's just uh, we we will take everything that we can from this UMK, and if it means winning it, then it's just the same thing with ESC. And uh, we just want people to kind of, kind of like it's kind of like take it or leave it situation. We offer this kind of um, getaway for a few moments that you can just be happy and try to forget all of your worries, and just that's that's pretty much it. I would say um, it would mean a lot to of our very much. It would be a very uh, awesome experience and very good opportunity to show Europe what we are, what we are made of. <laughs> in in the context of Europe, it was would also be such a great honor and and a delight for us to perform abroad also one day, which is something that we basically haven't done yet. But it it just shows how the people have have received the song that there are lots of elements in, in the song and in our music in general which are international and something that everyone can enjoy without understanding a word in Finnish. And we know that Finland have sent so much rock to the Eurovision Song Contest uh, recently, you know, Blind Channel, the Rasmus over the last couple of years. Is it time for something new? Is it time for something different? Definitely. In our opinion, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now it's our turn. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> as, as Dina already said that getting to UMK was one of our dreams, but you want to really know what's the dream. Bring the Eurovision Song Contest to Finland next year. Yeah, that happened once before. So yeah. we want to do that also. New Lordy. Yeah. The new Lordy. I love it. Yeah. 
Well, guys, it's been great to have you on the podcast. Thank you so much for, for stopping by, and I'll wish you the very yeah. best of luck for UMK next week. Thank you, Thank so, you so much. When you aren't listening, find us on social media at Eurotrip Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. So there we have it then. We have heard on this episode from two more of the Eurovision 2023 hopefuls. James, lovely chat just then with the Portion Boys. Love that. And then also, of course, James, you were chatting earlier on as well to Henrik from Casanovas who are in Melfest this weekend. So a lovely little trip round Scandinavia. I'm never sure what is actually Scandinavia. I'm never sure whether Finland counts as Scandinavia, but I think it does. I think so. We all know what you mean anyway. Uh, yeah, best of luck to the Portion Boys in UMK. That's a week on Saturday. And then Casanovas as well for Melfest, which is this coming Saturday. Talking of Scandinavia, by the way, you don't want to be missing next week's podcast, let me tell you. Interesting little tease there. Do you want to elaborate or, or not? We'll elaborate after the one second song. Let's get that out of the way first. Let's do that. I uh, still have no recollection what the scores are. Um, this week. Uh, Rob hopefully has a, a notepad somewhere or some memory. Mm, I don't, but from memory it's 13-16 because I think you ended up with a couple of points last week because I gave you a bonus point because you came up with a far better tenuous <laughs> link than I came up with and you also randomly managed to pull the year out from somewhere despite not knowing the song whatsoever. So yeah, I believe it's 16-13 to me. Wonderful. Well, you've got a chance to extend your lead this week because it is me choosing the song, which I hurriedly did before we press record, because I'll admit I forgot once again. Uh, So you've got a chance to extend your lead. Four points on offer. Uh, Let's have a listen to this week's one second song. I know this song, but I can't for the life of me think what it is. Well, have a quick think, just as a quick reminder, you're looking for four points. Uh, you can get those four points by guessing the song title, the artist, the year it took part in the Eurovision Song Contest, and the country it represented. Has that time allowed you to figure out what it is yet? Maybe, maybe. Let's have it one more time. Uh, I am 50% confident that this is the right answer. Okay, let's have your guess then, please. You can play along at home as well, of course. See if you can get any points. Rob, though, what do you think it is? Okay, so I think it is... I don't think it is. I vaguely believe it might be, basically. Denmark 2010. The song's called In a Moment Like This, I think. And it's... This is not who it is. Is it something like Charnay and Nevergreen? Is it that? Uh, pronunciation a tad off, but I think I'm willing to give you four points. No, you're not. Oh, my goodness <laughs> me. <laughs> Absolutely. Four points. Uh, let's remind ourselves of the song. In a moment like this. Yeah, that did really well in 2010, didn't it? It did, yeah. It performed last. It closed the show uh, in 25th, uh, but then finished fourth. Yeah, on 149 points. 149. Very, very good. Denmark would love a fourth place now. Much giving that to them on a plate. <laughs> but yeah, wow. I'm proud of myself for that one. That came out of the recesses of nowhere. 
I know, yeah, where'd you pick that out from? Uh, there's, there's potentially a bonus point offer. There is a connection to this week's podcast, despite how hurriedly I uh, picked this song out before we recorded it. The only tenuous link that I was thinking of, which isn't even that tenuous, is that it was Melody Grand Prix at the weekend. I've got nothing else. No, in fact, there's a pretty direct connection, actually. It's not even tenuous. It is the fact that the songwriters of this song uh, included Thomas Jason, a very well-known and respected songwriter who got inducted into the Melfest Hall of Fame at the weekend, but also included Henrik Sesson, who we chatted to a little bit earlier on. Very good. Very good. A tenuous link that I don't think even your brother will be annoyed at because we know that your brother hates (laughs) it when we do the tenuous link on the one second song. (laughs) That was a very well-constructed one second song, very well-selected and remarkably very well guessed by me. So, oh, big lead for you to catch up now. That is 20 points that I've got on the board, and you are sitting on 13, Sunshine. Mm, 20 plays 13. My chance to close the gap next week, which is when we'll be back with you again next Wednesday for the Eurotrip, and of course Monday for Melfest Monday. Yes, Monday for Melfest Monday, Wednesday for the Eurotrip, and on both episodes, you will be able to hear from this woman. I'm getting excited already, Rob. It's finally happening. It's finally happening. You may know this already if you follow us on social, but it's finally happening. Lorene is on Melfast Monday and the Eurotrip next week. So exciting. So you'll be able to hear some of her on Monday, of course, as we build up to heat number four of Melody Festival. And and then we'll be bringing you the full conversation on the Eurotrip next Wednesday. And there's a little tease. She tells us this about what we can expect from her song this year. What I can give you guys is that it's gonna be powerful and it's gonna be spiritual and it's gonna be diverse and it's gonna be crazy. No pressure, no pressure. (laughs) I'm getting even more excited now, Rob. Well, it's probably time that we go then because I don't want you overexciting yourself <laughs> before we say goodbye. Yes, so we'll be back with you on Monday and Wednesday next week for Melfest Monday and the Eurotrip. In the meantime, uh, we love it if you can keep up to date with us online. We are at Eurotrip Podcast on Twitter, Instagram and TikTok. Hello at EurotripPodcast.com on the email and you can read all of our exclusive stories on EurotripPodcast.com. Make sure as well you subscribe, leave us a review and rate us five stars. From me, James, it is goodbye. And for me, Rob, it's goodbye. He wrote, listen to your heart. Bye. Listen to your heart. Yeah, that one. Bye, friends. Step onto the legendary clay courts of Roland Garros, where the world's best players battle it out at the French Open for a chance to win a Grand Slam title. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. See the action unfold as legends fight for glory and new rivalries emerge. Daily live coverage begins Monday, May 20th, with match replays on demand so you never miss a moment. From the first serve to the final point, Roland Garros promises unforgettable moments and new chapters in tennis history. Stream now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens. Hello, this is Danny Pellegrino, host of the Everything Iconic podcast, and I'm here to tell you all about Splash Refresher, because hydration is mandatory, but boring is not. 
Now, I love my water, but if I don't spice it up, I'm not going to finish what I took out of the fridge. That's why I love my Splash Refresher, which is flavorful, delicious, bright, hydrating, and zero calories. The wild berry flavor is my fave. No, wait. Is the pineapple mango flavor my fave? You know what? All five craveable Splash Refresher flavors are my fave because they're so delicious. So get hydrated and enjoy it with Splash Refresher. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. 